smiley faces. Amen, amen. Good morning to everyone who's tuning in online. day of the week. And the Bible says on the first day of the week, the disciples gathered together. And that's why we're here today on this Sunday morning to worship God. And, and uh, so what we want to do today is come before him and give him everything and receive from him, lay all of our burdens down and worship him for he is worthy to be praised and worshiped. We're going to spend some, some time this morning in, in worship and just to hear from him. Is that a good idea? Well, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. God, we, we thank you, even though I'm not ready for it, for the beginning of the change of seasons and the cooler temperatures, which means that, that precipitation and snow is coming, which our valley needs to. God, we thank you that you hold everything uh, in your hands and you're in control. So, Father, as we, we wake up this morning, as we're gathering together, this morning we look to you um, to be our hope, to be our Savior, to be our strength, uh, to be the one who knows the end from the beginning so that we can uh, we can fully trust and rely on you. God, this morning as, as people are going all over the valley of different churches, we pray that they would receive from you. God, no matter what uh, Christian church they're attending, that the word would be preached, would be preached in power, that the worship would be uh, um, powerful and, and inviting and uh, full of the Spirit so that people would be changed. God, that we, that we would all be changed more into your likeness. God, we are just thank you so much uh, for who you are. Lord, we want to give you this time as we worship you. Your feet, I'll sink through the night. Oh God, 
Just as I Just see. 
Just a 
love for us that would cause you to send your son to take our sin upon him to go to the cross to be the sacrifice for all the wrong things that I've done so full of love and mercy, loving kindness and grace, care. You are beautiful. We love you, Jesus. Amen. As you, before you sit down or yeah, greet, greet someone, Tell them that the Lord is beautiful and so are they. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Journey Church. Hey. So we have, today specifically, is a very special day. And let me tell you why. Because we have a very special lady in here who has her birthday today. So if you'll turn your eyes to the back, you'll see Bethany. <laughs> so I think we could all join in a song and sing her happy birthday. What do you think? Okay, <coughs> me, 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 me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Bethany. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Welcome to the Journey Church, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are so excited to have you here, and we would love to get connected with you. And one way that we can do that is there are connection cards in the pockets of the seats, and you can fill those out and then put them in the tithe and offering boxes in the back of the building here. Um, in addition to that, I wanted to let you know, if you are in junior high or high school, they are meeting back in the Illuminate Youth Group Cafe, so they're going to be doing a little message back there, so you're welcome to go back. And let's see, what other announcements do I have? So um, Rabbi Antoine, who many of you may know, but he's been a, a consistent member of the church here, he actually has been in the hospital for quite some time and actually in, uh, in, uh, in a deep 
ICU and um, was in a coma. And he just woke up recently. Um, he's still in a lot of pain. Um, but we just wanted to bless him. And so my mom made this awesome card, which is ginormous, out in the hallway. So if you guys could take a moment before you leave and maybe sign some words of encouragement to him, that would just like, somehow we'll get that to him. Um, and so that's an announcement. And then the next thing is there's a couple cool things that are happening throughout this week. The men are actually going on a retreat, so we want to just make sure that to keep them in prayer for safe travels and that they just have a blessed time and that the Lord really builds them up. And then in addition to that, Illuminate Youth Group is also going on our conference on Friday night, so please pray for me. No, <laughs> but please do pray for me. <laughs> no, but most importantly, pray for the youth that God would just totally um, reveal himself to them and build them up in their faith as well. And so I just wanted to remind you guys of those things that are going on. And I think that's all the announcements I had. Yeah, I think so. So if I forgot anything, I apologize. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and continue our worship and receive our tithes and offerings. And I just wanted to point something out. I felt like the Lord was revealing to me through worship this morning. And um, in the lyrics in that first song, Battle Belongs, and it says, When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. And when all I see is the cross, God, you see the empty tomb. And I think when we're talking about our tithes and our offerings, so often, sometimes, all we see is maybe the sacrifice that we're making to give that money, because sometimes it's hard. But I want to encourage us to have the eyes of Christ and to remember that he knows the bigger picture. And with our tithes and our offering and the things that we're giving back to him that he's given to us, it's incredible the things that he could be using that for within the, his kingdom, within our church body, and the ways that he's growing and ministering to people. And so I just wanted to remind us, sometimes we need to shift our, our thinking and shift our eyes to what Christ might be seeing rather than what we're seeing. So not to see the sacrifice that we're giving in tithes and offerings, but to see the bigger picture and where he's going to bless it. Amen? All right. So let's go ahead and pray for that right now. Father, thank you so much, God, that you know more than we do. <laughs> Lord, that we, um, we can trust you in everything, God. That you have a plan, Lord, just as you went to the cross and you knew the salvation and the, the grace and the forgiveness that that would bring to us, even though we looked at it and saw pain and suffering and a dark day. God, we thank you, Lord, that you have a bigger plan and purpose for everything. God, help us to have eyes to see what you see. Lord, even in, in our relationships with our friends or even somebody that we meet in the grocery store, God, give us opportunities to speak truth and life into their lives, Lord. God, we ask that you would just take whatever is given today, Lord, and, and you would just use that once again, as I always pray, Lord, to further your kingdom. God, to bring the people of this world underneath your, your care, God that they would be called your child. Lord, we love you so much, and we're so grateful and thankful for the opportunity that we have to worship here together today in the Journey Church. And we ask that you would just bless us as we go throughout this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
the men are getting ready to go on our annual retreat and fishing time up in Epang, which I was reminded I, I was reminded of a, of a story. And I don't know if you know that in, in some states, in Montana and, and, and Minnesota, it happens a lot. Um, during hunting season, the church empties out for a couple of months. Um, the men go hunting. And so it's kind of a typical thing up there that, that there'll be a real, you know, real uh, light attended by the men for a few months. And there was a church up in one of those areas. And, and uh, when, when hunting season was all done, uh, they, the, the men came back to the, to the church. And on that first Sunday, the pastor says, hey, guys, how was everything? I prayed for your deer. And he says, well, it worked. They're all safe. <laughs> so... As, as we go fishing this week, don't pray for the fish, but you can pray for us that we'd be, uh, we'd be able to catch some of those little buggers there and, and bring some fish home. Amen. So the fish were all safe. Hey, we are uh, moving on in the book of Mark uh, this morning, and we're in Mark chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 20. And so open up your books. Our memory verse will come right out of that. Uh, we'll get to there in a little bit. Um, As you're turning, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity um, to have a written word. God, uh, m most of us in this room have two, three, four, five Bibles at home. Um, we have uh, Bibles on our, on our phones and, and access, and there are still people around the world who don't have access to this. And for, for uh, generations before, um, God, there were people who didn't have access to your word. So we thank you, God. We take count as a privilege that we have... Uh, the ability to read your word, to study your word, to be changed and challenged by it. God, I pray that we would become a people who would know how to rightly divide the word of truth, as the scriptures tell us to. Um, God, that we would uh, be those who would read it, it would be those who study it, would be those who apply it. God, that you would help to correct our theology in, way, in the areas that it needs correcting, that we might understand you uh, for who you are, understand you truly, I uh, understand you more clearly. God, give us wisdom, uh, ears to hear, and eyes to see, God. Um, bless our time in the Word this morning as we go through the uh, Mark chapter 3. Um, God, bring any insight out that's, that's important. I pray that each person would hear the message or the things in this section that they need to hear. Lord, and also just deepen the well as we, we spend even a time of, uh, of study in the Word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We're going to cover some. Um, we're, we're going to cover the rest of Mark chapter three, starting in verse twenty. And there's some some big, deep uh, topics in here. We're not going to go extremely deep into all of them, but we'll try to hit it. We got enough time this morning to to kind of go through this. And so we're just going to start going through kind of almost a, a verse by verse. I want to talk a little bit about um, the verses as we go. So reading, I'm reading out of the uh, um, ESV, but wh whichever version you have, just follow along as best you can. And so, remember, he just appointed the twelve apostles. And starting in verse 20, it says, Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again, so that they could not even eat. And it's talking about Jesus and the, and the disciples, the apostles at this point. And when his family heard of it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, He is out of his mind. And, and I'm going to stop here. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this, partly just so we can kind of 
uh, just dig a little bit deeper. It's an interesting scripture here um, that, that you, it looks like it says his family. Some of your Bibles, I think, say mother and brothers. I'm not sure. Some of your versions might say friends. Anyone have a friends in there? Yeah, so, so, and then some of you might even have uh, some of his own. Does anyone have that where it says his own? Okay, yeah. And so, so what, what is happening here? So, you know, the Bible is true as long as it is rightly interpreted. And what happens is sometimes because Greek, uh, the language is, is not word by word even as English is and it's changed so much, sometimes the translators don't always know exactly what they were trying to say. And this is one of those, those passages. So here's the thing is, is that no matter where it lands, and if you know me at all, you know that I, I'm not always like, this is exactly how it is. I don't care what everyone else says. Um, I'll, I'll often I say, I lean towards this, and but other people say this. And that's kind of what this, this is going to be. It doesn't change. Um, it, it won't change because when we get to the, the next passage a little bit further, um, it's going to clarify no matter what this is saying. But the Greek phrase in there, in case you care, um, is kai autou par which none of those words mean family. None those, the, so when it talks about his family, it actually doesn't say that. The word translation probably best literally um, would be, and those belonging to him, having heard, having heard it, went out to seize or take control of him, saying he is out of his mind or he's beside himself or he's lost all his senses. So that's, 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 that's why some of those, they, that's actually a closer uh, uh, translation when you say those that belong to him or those that were of him, um, because that's, that's more accurately. And so what they're thinking, the, the, the translator's like, but, you know, pretty soon it's talking about his parents, his family. So they put in that it was family. It may be his family. It may be his kinsmen. It may be his people. Um, we don't know for sure. Now, in, in 10 verses later, we're going to get there. His, we definitely know his mothers and brothers show up onto the scene and, and they're trying to get him. So I believe, um, you know, that it's probably talking about his mother and brothers. Now, if we go and read that again real quick, it says in, in 20, um, 21, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. Okay, so they're not there yet, right? Somebody heard this message and they go out to seize him. So what did they hear? First of all, let's, let's even talk about that. So um, they, they heard, I don't know, honestly, they may have heard verse 20, um, that, that they were so busy that they didn't have time to eat. So, so is it that Jesus is just doing so much and he's just like, he's not thinking, he's not eating, he's just kind of running, going, maybe he's looking a little, you know, haggard even, I don't know. Um, is it because what we're going to find out in the next section is that, that the the, the chiefs, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they are beginning to want to accuse Jesus of, of doing things that could ultimately lead to his death. And, and so they could be knowing, like, what is, what is he doing? What, what's, you know, he's, he's lo losing his, his mind here. Um, it, it could be referring to the fact that he just appointed apostles. Okay? So Jesus was a carpenter who turns into a rabbi with wisdom that's incredible and people begin to follow him but now he's he ups the ante in his being a rabbi and a teacher and he starts appointing special delegates what did that look like i don't know but i you know it, some of the commentators say did that look like to the family that maybe he was beginning to get his leaders in place remember the messiah who was going to be coming 
who Jesus is, who they're waiting for, is supposed to be a military leader who comes in in force and goes against Rome and frees the Jews. And so his family might be going, is, is, is he going nuts? Is he going to actually revolt against Rome, Jesus? You know, I don't know about you, but if, if, if in my family, if I said, hey, I'm going to revolt against the government, my, my family would probably go, you're nuts. I mean, what are you thinking? This is, this is dangerous. So we don't know why exactly they're, they're saying he's out of his mind. He, Jesus is doing a lot of things now that would make them question. But here's one of the things that we get from this. His, his part of his family does not believe him. Part of his family does not believe him. Now, this, this goes to a, a, a deeper thing here, is what part? You know, he's got his mother and his brothers. Um, Jesus had, that we know of, absolutely, four brothers and two sisters, minimum. He could have had more. His four brothers are named. Two sisters are actually named in other non-biblical um, writings, Eusebius and stuff. And so we know that he had at least six siblings. And, and um, there are some who believe that they were, they were um, only Joseph's children and not Mary's children. Um, there is a whole, uh, the Catholic Church teaches that, as well as some, some other churches. Um, and they teach that partly because for them, Mary had to remain the eternal virgin. And so, but this, I think the scripture is extremely clear that Jesus had flesh and blood brothers, four of them, and, and sisters. And um, because it, it talked about his, his brothers, um, we can go in, into that, but even the scripture talked about Mary, it says she had no union with Joseph until. Okay, well, until means something happened, right? Okay, so we believe that actually Mary and Joseph had a normal marriage uh, being the parents Joseph being the, you know, the, the stepdad, if you will, of, of, the, of the Son of God. But then they had six more kids. So these kids actually don't believe Jesus' yet, message yet. Um, there, there's a number of verses that, that allude to that they don't believe. And we're going to hit one more here in 10 verses. But I think the main one is John 7. If you go to John chapter 7, verse 5. It says it very straightforward. In fact, I'm going to start at one because this is, you know, we read this and think about a familial sibling relationship. Okay. Now we know what happens to Jesus. He gets, he's betrayed, but he gets turned over and, and the Jews, his own people want to have him killed. And so they, they're the ones who, who bring him and say he needs to be crucified. That's down the road. But So keeping that in mind, after this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Why didn't he go to Judea? The Jews were seeking to kill him. Okay. Now the Jews' feast of booths was at hand, so his brothers said to him, nice brothers, I, I, here we go. Leave here and go to Judea. Why doesn't he want to go to Judea? They want to kill him. And his brothers say, go to? Nice brothers. Go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. 
For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. Wow. This is not an encouragement. This is brothers not believing him, mocking. I don't know if they're, if they're being sarcastic. Well, hey, you think this? Why don't you just go to Judea then? Do they really want him to die? I don't know. But here is the proof that we know that this is, the, in verse 5, it says, for not even his brothers believed in him. So in case you're wondering, like, wow, did his brothers? No, at this point, his brothers didn't believe in him. This is Jesus. Now, down the road, we believe that, um, that at least two and probably all four of the brothers became believers in Christ. James, the brother of Jesus, becomes James who writes the gospel of James, who becomes the James who is the head of the church in Jerusalem. Uh, his, his other brother, one of his other brothers, Judas, and not Judas Iscariot, but Judas was a common name. He likely is the brother uh, of, of Jesus, who's the brother of James, who writes the book of Jude. Okay, the, the, the book of Jude says, Jude, the brother of James. Well, James is the brother of the Lord Jesus. So two of his, his, his brothers, we believe, wrote part of the, the Bible. So the other brothers, we think also, there's even some extra biblical sources that say they got, they were even um, martyred. So he had four of those, and then he had a couple of sisters as well. So these guys don't believe now, but they will. Now, what about mom? Now, this is, a, this is, this is obviously open to um, people's thoughts and in, in, in interpretation. What about mom? We're going to get to her, but she's part of this group here who comes in 10 verses. What did she believe? I just want to hit this real quick and before we move on. You know, Mary knew that, that G, where Jesus came from. That's not a secret. She knew, and, and, and she had a visitation from the angel. She knew that she had never been with a man. She got pregnant. And he was born. Mary saw Jesus at the temple at 12 years old. Now, Jesus obeyed his parents, but at 12, he's in the temple. He's teaching. He's lost for three days, and, and they can't find him. They go back. When they finally find him, he says, didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? You know, Jesus proved that in... in um, in Jesus' first miracle in Cana at the wedding, um, his mom goes to him and, and he says, they're out of wine. They're out of wine. And I don't know, know if you've seen The Chosen. I like The Chosen, but it's hard to like, you know, you got to be careful. The Chosen is a lot of extra non-biblical narration and things. So you got to be careful not to, to put it all as exactly fact. Um, but it, 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 it's a neat picture there when, when Jesus is with his mom at the wedding. And he's like, it's not my time yet. And this is what scriptures say, woman, it's not my time. And, and like a good mom, doesn't even address Jesus. Just goes to the servants and says, do whatever he says. I think she knows, Jesus, you're going to do this for me. I don't know, she's Italian, I guess. Do whatever he tells you. Mary knew who Jesus was. Now, when, if Mary's part of this group trying to get a hold of him, I believe it's not because she doesn't believe in who he is. It's because she's afraid of what might happen. Because a mom is always a mom. And a mom always wants to protect her boy. I, there's nothing to make us believe that Mary didn't really 
know, though she didn't fully, fully know. She does, I mean, she doesn't, no one really fully knows the, the plan of Jesus, what's going to happen. But she knew he was special. He, she knew that he was of God, the Son of God. And so um, her involvement, I think, this is where my opinion, her involvement, I think, would go to that mothering side that's like, no, I, I don't want to see this happen, you know. You know, so, um, but we do know that for sure the brothers are not, not fond of Jesus. And I, I don't know if, you know, growing up with a perfect brother could be kind of difficult. <laughs> you know, I mean, every brother like blames his brother for doing something. Oh, he did it. I, I'm sure mom and dad like went, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> right. So. So this is potentially perhaps talking about his family here, of uh, the, the people of his, I, I lean that way that they're talking about the family. He is out of his mind. He's beside himself, the things he's doing. Let's go to verse 22. Now this next section, we're not going to hit real deep, um, but it's, it's a, a big section. And I want you just to pay attention to this. Um, and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, he is possessed by Beelzebub. And by the prince of demons, he casts out demons. And he called them to him, and he said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. And then there's another another parable. We'll just we'll just stop there. So. So the scribes, again, leaders of, of Israel, those who who had written the law. So they, be, they they with time, they begin to knew, know the law. They knew the Torah. They began to because they they would rewrite the scriptures in order for other people to have it. They began to be, become very knowledgeable in the scriptures. And, and they started out as just people who who wrote by this time. They're they're spiritual leaders that people go to because they are so familiar with the, the Word of God, at least the writings in the Word of God. And so they're saying, well, he's, he's possessed by Beelzebub, and um, he's doing this by demons. Well, that's a huge accusation because if, if somebody uh, possessed by demons is going around doing miracles, it's actually uh, could be a, um, a, a crime punishable by death right there. And so, so if they can make that stick and get that going, you know, obviously the, the Jews don't want demons to be doing fake miracles. Um, and so they would squash that and, and that could be guilty of death. And so Jesus says this, this thing that, that is quoted now uh, in, in, in tons of circles. I mean, we, we know it. If, if you're not even a Christian, you know this, uh, this part where he says, um, a kingdom... If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. A house divided against itself, the house will fall, or the house will not be able to stand. He, he's making this thing like, how could I be, how could I, as what, I'm in charge of the demons, and you're thinking that I'm casting out the demons? If that happens, it, it doesn't work. You know, it, that it will go. This principle is such a, an incredible, important principle for all of us. And I'm going to share a little bit about that this morning because. Um, the principle of a house divided against self not standing is something we need to keep in mind in these days. So Jesus is just telling him, saying, no, I'm not, this isn't of, of, of uh, 
of the devil. And let me go and, and finish his thought before I go into mine. Um, in verse 27, it says, No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his good unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. This is a, this is a, a powerful scripture. Um, a, lot of, a lot of Christians, uh, you know, us charismatics, Pentecostals, we use this scripture to, to, to talk about binding the strong man of a city and things like that. Um, but the, specifically, Jesus right here is talking about, he's just making this statement that says, no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods. Wait. He's talking about demons. Okay? He's talking about demons, casting out demons. So, so who, who is this, this house? This house is the world. And no one can go into the world and plunder this man's house, cast out demons, unless he binds the strong man, who's Satan. Yeah, I mean, obviously we know this, but we, we slow down a little bit and go, Jesus making that statement. Yeah, Satan has got power in this world, and nobody can um, do anything unless you first bind the strong man. In other words, I am more powerful than Satan. Not me, Jesus, by the way. Jesus is saying, no one can enter strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, then he may plunder his house. So you've got to be able to bind the strong man. So Jesus is saying, I have the ability, the power, to bind Satan so that I can cast out demons. I am stronger than Satan. That's pretty powerful, right? And it's just, okay, there. You know what's amazing is that he said that his spirit reigns in us that the same spirit the same power that raised jesus christ from the dead reigns in us also he also tells us that we have authority over the power of the enemy by jesus living on this earth and dying for us give he, he chose to then give us his authority and power we now have more power not in us but through jesus over satan that's awesome we actually Walk in that same power in the name of Jesus. Now, that's a, that's a great teaching is, is it's in him. It's not just like, oh, in the name of Jesus, just saying something. It's, it's somebody who's, who's walking in that power. So we'll do that another day. Um, so, so, and then he goes on, and, and now he connects this whole thought of what's been, what, what's been happening 22 to 27. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying, he has an unclean spirit. This short little section goes into one of the deepest uh, theological subjects of, of, you know, what's the unpardonable sin? And there's a lot of discussion about it. When you read uh, the commentaries about this, um, some of them, they go, they, they go much broader, some go more narrow. Um, so let's, let's just first talk about the, the basics of what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is talking about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit right after the scribes are accrediting miracles, the casting out of demons, to Satan. And then Jesus starts talking about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So connected, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit has to do 
with taking the things of God that are of God and crediting them to Satan. Not believing God, not believing in him and the power and the things that he's doing, and then and specifically crediting them to Satan. Years ago when I, I began to understand that, I, I took a real step back because there, there's been things that happen in, in Christianity that are strange. If, if you've been saved a while and you've ever seen something strange uh, happen in Christianity, you raise your hand. Things. Now, just because it's strange doesn't mean it's not true. Okay, I want to say that right away. But there's been movements um, where strange things have happened. If you've been saved for a while, you may uh, remember uh, movements um, in, in certain circles. Of the vineyard was one of them where, where people were barking. People were um, roaring like lions. People were flying around the room, or at least walking around the room with their hands stretched out and soaring like eagles. Um, of course, a big one that I don't think is weird anymore, but speaking in weird languages, that's awful weird. Speaking in tongues, that's... The first time I went to a church that spoke in tongues was, was up here. Um, I, I, was, I got saved young. I walked away from the Lord for my teenage years, and, but I, I thought I was a Christian, so... Uh, when my sister said, you want to go back to church? I'm like, I, sure, right? That sounds good. I didn't know, I didn't know anything. So we went, it went to a, this charismatic Pentecostal church, and they were doing I had something I had never seen. I went to Sunday school at the Baptist church up here, in the white church, with Mrs. Poland. <laughs> Mrs. Poland. Not Dr. Poland's wife. Dr. Poland's mother's, right? <laughs> Yeah, she was, she was, well, you know, when you're seven, everyone's old, but she was old then. <laughs> so she was my, she was my, I was at the Baptist church. Well, the Baptist church isn't very charismatic. It's not very, they don't believe in the gifts of the spirit. So I was never introduced to any of that. And so I went to this, the, the Assemblies of God church up here, which is now Summit. And they, you know, speaking in tongues and do this crazy stuff. We walked out of church. We were polite. We were, I was polite, but as soon as I got in the parking lot, I didn't even, couldn't even get past just the little walkway in the parking lot. I started laughing at the crazy people. I says, oh my gosh, that was crazy. I will never, ever go to a church like that again. Two weeks later, I was here, and this church was crazier than the Assemblies of God. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was just lots of lots of crazy things happening lots of tongues lots of words and prophecies and people dancing and 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 sh shaking tambourines everybody had a tambourine we took them away we just we said we're done with the tambourines but they, everyone had a tambourine you know do you remember these days back then and and uh, you know it, it was awesome it was crazy and but what happened the difference was that i became open i began to really see the power of god and i began to see real real healings and real ministry. Now, in that process, I think some things were, were weird and maybe even off. Okay? So we go to some of these other movements that there's roaring and barking and, and falling down and laughter and all these things. So, so here's what, what God, um, and I'll, in a quick testimony, I thought holy laughter was weird. If you've ever seen that, some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And you're already like, can I leave now? Don't, don't leave, the doors are locked. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the God would come and people would begin to laugh uncontrollably. And I thought, this is, again, weird. That's kind of strange. And I'd, I watched it. I'd, I was going. And we were purposely going to some meetings. And I, I need to tell you, I'm 
very Pentecostal at this point, and, and I, I'm, I speak in tongues, and, and I'm open to the, whatever God wants to do, but this is a little weird. And I'd be looking at a service, and I, I could see things happening and people laughing and stuff, and, and I thought, I just don't know if this is really of God or if it's just people having a laughing attack. Has anyone ever had a laughing attack? Like, you can't stop laughing? I, I used to have those with my buddies. They're fun. They're, it's kind of weird, like, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so and I, I just didn't know if this was God or if this was just a laughing attack. And so there was one time I was doing some ministry down in Hollywood um, on the streets. Um, it, it was for a whole, whole week long with Ron and Judy Radicke at the Oasis. And, and after, after the night, after the day, we'd, we'd be out from morning until like 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. It must have been midnight. We're in a parking lot um, right off of Ivar and Hollywood Boulevard, and we're having a time of worship. And I mean, it's amazing. It's just, everyone there is just sold out for Jesus, and worship is happening. And Mark Johnson, who's going to be here in a few weeks, uh, he'll be here on uh, Mar October 15th, 21st. I don't know. We'll get the date. Um, he's going to be here. He was leading worship. I'm leading with him. And, and all of a sudden, we, you know, we stopped playing, and we just started praying. Everyone started praying. And something had happened that day, and I was kind of a little off. I was actually, and then all of a sudden, all these people, this was during the laughter movement, all these people started laughing in the parking lot. And I'm like, oh, this is dumb, dumb, it's laughing. I can tell that. There's teenagers laughing. And Saul said, and we're praying for one another, and I'm, I'm not very being very spiritual. I'm just, something, something was off in me, and I, I don't remember what it was. I'm, I'm almost angry. And so, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm not angry with God or anything. I'm just off, and, and so the people began to pray, and there's this one lady from, from Portland, Oregon, and her name is escaping me. I didn't know her uh, until this week. Um, and they all just began to pray. Well, they weren't doing this crazy, loud Pentecostal prayer. Like, if you've seen it, it could be loud and just lots of shouting and screaming. It's, it's all good. If everyone's confident, it's good. Just pray. It was actually really calm. And, and, and I just remember looking at her, and her name is still escaping. She was kind of friendly. And they're praying for me. And, um, and she's just saying, fill them, Lord, more, more. And then right there, in my anger, not open to anything right at this moment, I fall on the ground. And she just goes, more, Lord, more. And I started laughing. <laughs> no one in my circle is laughing. I'm angry. I'm angry. And now I'm laughing. And the more I laugh, the angrier I got. <laughs> because I'm like, no, no, no. And I, and I was laughing so hard I could not straighten my body out because it was hurting. And he let me lie there and filled me with the Holy Spirit until I wasn't angry. Now, I don't know what that is, but I know it wasn't me. And, I, and so weird things, right? Weird things. And sometimes weird things we can't explain or don't agree with. So here those things are happening. I'm seeing and hearing other things. I'm like, okay. Now, I, I, am, I am just so real. I honestly think that in some of those services, it wasn't God. It was just people laughing. Okay. You ever done something on your own strength? Ever? Okay. Right? We have grace. You, you, ever, you, know, you ever pray for someone and, and, and you like got done like, oh, that wasn't a very good prayer. Well, do you think that was from God or from you then? It's from you. That's okay. You prayed a prayer. Was it totally anointed and filled by God? So, so there's room to like express and try. And anyway, so 
So I've seen these things, and, and, and the Spirit was, was, was you know, or, you know, supposedly ha pouring out, and weird things were happening. I, I think barking is weird. I think roaring is re weird. I don't know, but I'm not saying it's not of God. I'm just saying it's weird. And, I, and, and there was this temptation, because other people in the, in the church say this. Well, that's of the devil. Roaring, that's of the devil. And so you could get swept up. In, have you heard that? You know, that's, that's, speaking in tongues, I mean, that's of the devil. It's by the prince of demons that he does miracles. <clears throat> Whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness. Now, I started thinking, if crediting a move that might be God to the devil is anywhere close to the unpardonable sin, I want nothing to it. So I just backed up a little bit, and I didn't really go there much myself, but I saw the people. I just backed up and said, you know what? I, I'm, just not, I'm not going to credit that thing to, to Satan. I'm just going to go, that's weird. But, but here's, an, here's the next step. But God, if it's you, bring it on. Bring it on. Do I want to roar? Not really. <laughs> it's not something I'm looking forward to doing. Do I want to fly around the room? I did that when I was drinking. <laughs> not something that I... Some personalities, they, they open up. But if, if God leads me to do something, will I be open to it? If God puts a spirit upon me and makes me laugh, am I going to say no? Well, I, I did. It's just I don't want to do that again. So my thing is, is let's, let's be open to what God is and, and even to say, wow, I just don't know if that's of God. That's okay. I mean, sometimes I don't know if everything's of God. There's a lot of things I don't think are of God. There's, there's pastors who say things. I'm like, that's not of God. I'm not going to say that that pastor's of the devil because he said something was off. You know, he, he maybe really means well and he's misinterpreting the scripture. He's just ate too much pizza last night. But but I don't have to I don't have to believe everything. But I, I'm gonna just you, you see the dance it is. We just, let's be cautious, because we want to be open to what God is doing. We don't want to give credit to Satan for things that could be of God. But we also don't want to just go. I'll just believe everything. There's too much of that going on. I mean, like the internet. But I know everything on the internet's true. Right. Abraham Lincoln said. You can trust the internet. Um, so, so Jesus is 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 got this this accusation, and and now so let's go let's unpack that a little more. I think it's deeper than that because it talks about unpardonable eternal sin, no forgiveness. I I before I just jump off that, I don't believe. I never word this well. If you are concerned whether or not you have committed the unpardonable, eternal sin, then you haven't committed it. Because it's really about fully, with your life, denying God, denying Christ, and living in that. I think you can come, I think God can bring you back to repentance. Now, 
some people who, who get to the point where they deny God and they deny anything to do with it and they credit anything happening to Satan and anything else, they might have hardened their hearts so much that they will not come back. But I believe they can come back. Does that make sense? I believe they can. Now, now there are some people who, who disagree. I, 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 um, I believe that, that God can forgive anyone. I think it's a free will that people can come to him now. People's hearts do get hard, and sometimes people do die in their sin. Um, so that that I I believe that blasting the Holy Spirit is that ongoing um, denial of Christ. Let me read a couple of these these notes that I just stole from from others, and let's see if I can get there here. Um, you know, some people say. Uh, believers Bible commentary can the can that sin be committed today probably not it was a sin committed when Jesus was on earth performing miracles since he is not physically on earth they casting on demons the same possible blasphemy the Holy Spirit does not exist well I believe there's still miracles and things and so I, I think that I think you probably could um, the nature of this sin is to ascribe what is the obvious work of the Holy Spirit to Satan himself that's exactly what I said um, it's not simply a momentary doubt or a sinful attitude, but is indeed a settled condition which is opposes the Spirit's work. Okay. Um, and, there, and there we go. In, the, in these notes, um, which was taken out of uh, uh, the Net Bible, um, a person who is concerned about it has probably never committed this sin. For those who commit it here, the religious leaders are not in the least concerned about Jesus' warning. So, We don't want to, as Hebrews says, crucify the Son of Man all over again. Read, you could read Hebrews chapter 6 um, and Hebrews chapter 10 for a little bit more on that. It's, um, I believe it's an ongoing sin, and it's a condition of your heart. Um, it's a rebellion against God. So it's, it's a deep, deep uh, topic. We're just going to kind of move on. Um, but uh, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of debate of exactly what it is, but I believe it's it's not something you accidentally do, right? You know, like one day you're walking down the street and you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and you're going to hell. And there's nothing you can do about it. I, that's not the way Jesus works. That's not the way grace works. It's an ongoing hardening of the heart, um, not believing. And and so obviously, if you don't believe, then why would you? Why would if you don't believe? Why on earth would you want to go to heaven? Because you don't believe. Why would you want to go and be forever with somebody who you don't believe in? So that, that's that. Um, we're going to tie some, the rest of this chapter in, in, in just here as we move on, starting in verse 31. Now, 31 and 21, I think, are the, the, the bookend. 21 says that his family heard about it. They went out to seize him. In verse 31, it says, Now, and his mother and brothers came. Standing outside, they sent to him and called him. That's all it says. I think they sent to him and called to him to get him out of there. I think it's the, the, the back side of 21. They're not just calling him to say, hey, what's going on? You know, hey, you want to go have lunch? I think, th I think that they're, they're, they're like, he's crazy. He's out of his mind. He's beside himself. He's going to get hurt, Mary. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Some people try to say, well, it's not his mother and brothers. It's his cousins. It's all this stuff. Um, that's, that's just a weak argument. It, it's pretty clear because it says, And he answered them, Who are 
my mother and my brothers. Looking about at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, and some versions say, and my sisters. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. That is the memory verse, and, and we're going to just put it up on the screen for you right there. Uh, Mark three thirty-five. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And um, that's, that's a, such an, a good scripture because as we do the will of God, we're like, well, I'm, I'm his brother. I'm his brother. That means that God is my father too, that I have all the rights of inheritance along with Jesus. It's a powerful, powerful scripture. The, your position in Christ being the son of God, the brother of Jesus in relationship, in that, grafted in all of the, the biblical expressions to show who you are in Christ is so important because that means that you are no longer of this world. You are no longer doomed for death. You are no longer um, uh, corrupted, uh, corrupted. You've got a new, a new nature. You are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, grafted into the branch. Um, you are part of the kingdom of God. You are part of God's family. And so, um, and it's, but who is that? Just the people who, who want to be? This is whoever does the will of God. That's for people who are doing the will of God. You are, you are God's brother if you are doing the will of God. Uh, we, can, we can go to church, we can do these things, but until we make that step and say, I'm going to follow Jesus, not just listen to his teachings. We've already seen that he's had disciples. We're going to see this a lot more. He's got a lot of people who are coming and listening to him. You know, I mean, 5,000 people at one point, right? 5,000 and, and, and many times, a number, number of times, 5,000 people coming and listening to him teach. But, but when he's crucified, they're all gone. And at the day of Pentecost, we're down to 120. So it's not just about coming and listening. It's about being a follower of Christ. He who does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. So I want to just, there's some really good stuff in here, but I want to wrap um, two of these points up as we, as we close here. We're part of the family of God. Whoever does the will of God. Now, sometimes we look different doing the will of God. There's a lot of differences in, in the way we do it. Um, we're all finite people. We're all imperfect people. We come from different cultures, and we have different personalities. And we're all trying to understand God and follow him as best as we can. In that, we have different uh, beliefs that we, we gain about, about God or about the, his word. We have different... Um, theologies about the end times. We have different beliefs. I, I, we talked about whether unpardonable sin. We have different beliefs about whether you can lose your salvation or you can't lose your salvation. We have different understandings within Christianity, even in this room, um, whether that uh, there's free will or there's predestination. Huge, two, two big groups. You have reformed theology. Uh, so we have all these different, different beliefs. But do, do we believe in, in that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father, that he's the only way to forgive our sins, that you need to repent and believe and, and uh, submit and dedicate your life to him? That's what salvation is. Those are the things that bind us together. There's a lot of things that could divide us. 
I mean, there's things right now that's dividing the body of Christ. Masks. Political standings. Um, vaccinations. These are dumb. These should not be dividing the church at all. Um, you know, there's people who say these things, and I get so angry at it. If you're a Democrat, you can't be saved, or you're not saved. Now, now there there are views there are views in the in the liberal thinking that are contrary to the Bible. There are some, and and so individually you'd have to you could talk to a friend who is who is leaning that way and say, okay, I understand you've got this liberal political side, but what about babies? What about life? Because as a Christian, you need to honor life. You can't, right? I mean. Now, you can have different opinions, so you can have a conversation. But to say a blanket statement, that should never happen. That should be coming out of any of our mouths. And if that was you, I don't know of anyone in the church who said that. So I'm thinking of other people. Um, why? Why should we say that? Because that's, that's divisive. That's, that's just divisive. Um, if Dave Ogren said it last week. There's, there's churches, there's people who said, if, if you're mandating masks, I'm not going. If you're not putting on masks, I'm not going. If someone gets vaccination, I'm not going. If they don't get vaccinated, I'm not. I mean, like, you can't win, right? So what, what happens? Divide, 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 divide. I think Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. Do you th who do you think is enjoying watching what's happening in Christianity today? That's who is winning. Let's not divide. I'm not saying don't have an opinion. I'm not saying don't have an opinion. We all have opinions. You know, is somebody going to come up to me afterwards and say, yeah, but, you know, I know something about the vaccinations, or I know something about COVID, or I know something about that. That, that usually happens. That's great, and, and you might even be right, but are we going to let that divide the body of Christ from the main point? We're, we're not there yet, but, but at the end of Mark, it's, it's go into the whole world. Preach the gospel, make disciples. doesn't say, you know, make, make a political agreements with people and become same, the, the same political party. It says make disciples. This is, the body of Christ can't, should not be divided over, um, over those things or even over the things that we disagree with theologically. I've, I've got a number of friends who are in different theological camps than me. The Reformed theology, people who believe that it's predestination and that there's not free will. God predestined some to be saved and others to go to hell. Now, that's, that's, the, there's scriptures that make it sound like that for sure. Here's the thing is, someday we'll get to heaven, we'll find out who was more right. <laughs> Not because they're going to be in hell, because they're going to be in heaven too. And I'll be in heaven. And, and we'll just finally ask, say, so God, was I predestined to accept you? Or did I accept you out of my free will. And we'll say, oh, God, it's settled. <laughs> both of us are going to be there, though, because we both know that unless you call on the name of the Lord, you're not saved. And so we did that. So I can agree with that. There's people who believe different things. End time's real popular right now. We probably need to talk a little bit about that. Um, th this church and, and the movement that we kind of swing in tend to believe in, in a rapture. Not everyone agrees with that. Um, this the, uh, it tends to lean towards a 
a pre-tribulation rapture. But I can tell right there, not all, I don't even know if I agree with the pre-tribulation rapture. There's, what about mid-trib? What about post-trib? And you're like, I don't even know these terms. That, that, that we're going to meet Jesus in the sky, and, and then he's going to come back, and we're going to reign with him for a thousand years, and then go to heaven. These are like, wow, these are really deep, deep things. I know people who say, no, there is no rapture. Not only is there no rapture, um, we're already living in the millennium. This is the thousand-year reign of Christ. And I, I disagree with that, but that's okay. And that one thing we agree on is that we're not in heaven yet. <laughs> we're not there. With this, if this is heaven, I signed up for the wrong thing. Okay? Right? Okay. We can, you know, this isn't heaven. Now, is there going to be rapture? Maybe. Is there not? Maybe not. Are the times going to get rougher? Some people say no. Some of these people say no, it's actually going to get better. That's why I disagree. I'm like, it feels like it's getting worse to me. But here's the thing, it doesn't matter. Here's what matters, though. If you think it's going to get better and it gets worse, are you, are you ready for that? you to be ready. got to be ready. But guess what? I have lunch with them. We, we talk. We laugh. We pray. We debate. And we keep loving each other. We just, don't, we just don't agree on some of these things. Uh, let's not be divided. A house divided. So, a lot of churches up here. You know, and, and, and a lot of them, most of them are teaching the Bible through an interpretation. I, I don't know who's right, but one thing we all agree on, most of us agree on, is the, is the main, main, main. We need a Savior. Jesus is Him. There is no salvation outside of the name of Jesus. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. That all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So this other stuff, man, and it's fun. I mean, it's, it's fun to talk to people and debate. It really is like, well, yeah, you think that? What about this scripture? They go, oh, well, you know, well, I think that scripture means this. Oh, well, I don't. And what do you do? Then you get two people going, they're reading the same scriptures. Well, I think that says this. And the other one's going, well, I think it doesn't. And they go, oh. What do we do now? Want a piece of pizza? Because I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. We're going to serve Jesus together. Whoever does the will of my Father, he is my brother, my sister, my mother. Let's not get lost in all of the side trails that the devil is going. Got him right where I want him. Those churches, those Christians are so divided, they'll never get anything right. I don't have to worry about them. They're going to destroy themselves. Not on our watch, right? Let it not be so. Let it not be so. Study, have your opinion, have your convictions. Let it be biblical and understand that some people aren't going to agree with it. And that doesn't mean you have to agree with that. As long as we grew about Jesus, salvation, the fundamentals, in all things, we have charity. Let's, let's close in prayer. God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we, we, um, there's so much, so many treasures in there, and there's so many things, Lord, that they're difficult to understand, but Throughout it, we see the scarlet thread from beginning to end that you were providing a, a way of salvation for us and a need for salvation, a blood sacrifice. God, we, we see the writings 
um, throughout the scriptures that talk about paradise and that we will be with you forever and ever where you will be our God, you will be our king, there will be no more sin, there will be no more tears, there will be no more sickness. We know that the, the, the day is coming, it's not here, when, when all those who've called upon in the name of the Lord are saved and, and that we will be raised from the, from the dead, we'll be raised from the incorruptible, from the corruptible to the incorruptible, raised to salvation, raised to eternal life with you, given new glorious bodies. And, and, and how that and when that happens, how that takes place, Lord, I don't know. But God, let me be found loving you, loving your people, and preaching the truth of salvation in no other name but Jesus. Helping people to be set free from their sin and bondage, brought into the, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. Help us to all be a part of that. God, help us to be not a people who brings division, but brings um, unity and life, and most of all, pointing to Jesus Christ. God, I thank you that even in this room there are so many uh, awesome um, differences in, in minute things, beliefs, and, and uh, God, we thank you that, that that exists. Lord, I pray that we can love each other through that, and we'd also be able to grow grow and not hold on to our beliefs so strongly we're not open to what you want to do in and through us. Holy Spirit, we want to be open to whatever it is that you have for us, even if it's outside of our comfort zone, outside of our wheelhouse, as it were. God, I, I don't want to be stuck anywhere. I want to be fully open to all the miracles you want to do, to the freedom you want to give me, to the power that you want me to walk in. God, I pray the same for everyone in here. Let us go deeper as we're on this journey, one step closer to Jesus. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Be praying for the men. Be praying for the youth. It's the same week. We're all going away this week. I'm going away twice. Amen. God bless you all.